Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Hello, welcome to the Freedom Friday show. Today's date is June 9th, 2017. That's right. We're going to talk about some good things today, Miss Kapow. It's crazy stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it's the end of the world. First of all, we're going to talk about this total eclipse of the sun that's coming up. But it's not just the eclipse of the sun. It's what the U.S. Post Office is doing to celebrate it. I know. Scary. Very odd. I find it just odd. <laughs> I really do. And then this um, this making of zombies. This is a fascinating story about a company that wants to reawaken the dead. Mm. I know how arrogant, huh? Very arrogant. Can you imagine? Can you can you imagine? Just they think they can resurrect the dead. Crazy. And then um, it, it, this is a really disheartening story about drug deaths. In the, in the USA, unprecedented. They've increased more in 2016 than they ever have in history, partly due to um, these opiate yeah. abuses. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, me and my tinfoil hat, it's not really a tinfoil hat. It's, it's, it's facts. In the 80s, the CIA, our own government, funded crack cocaine in the Los Angeles ghettos and all around California. I worked the streets in, in the eighties. I worked narcotics in the eighties on the street and crack cocaine was everywhere. Of course, you know, we had no idea that our own government was putting it there mm-hmm. and they use that to fund their, um, their wars. So what I found that was interesting was the, um, the graph that they have in this article. Amazing. The drug overdose, those deaths from 1980 to 2016, it just started, it just kept rising. It, it looks almost vertical, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It just goes like straight up. Really, we're in a world of hurt, a world of hurt, faster than any time uh, in history. Mm-hmm. And then this one, here's a very annoying article. They're all annoying, but you, you know, you have to have at least one thing on Freedom Friday that really annoys Ms. Kapow. And uh, this is, Hillary Clinton, she prays every day, and and we're going to introduce you to her pastor, this mm-hmm. this Mister Shyster. I think his yeah. name is Shalady, or something. But he's, I want to call him Mister uh, Shady. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's that's a, a good it's one. Amazing. And then to show that our whole society has declined in the chaos and stupidity, you have grown men and women working for the TSA that scuffle and fight and throw into jail some little 82-year-old woman who doesn't want to give up her uh, water bottle or mm-hmm. something like that. And they throw her in jail. Quite amazing, um, the world we live in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They don't know anything about customer service or being cordial. Mm-mm. Or common sense. Yeah. Just common sense would have handled that problem. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So before we begin, Ms. Kapow, give us the scripture that applies to all this mess. Okay, I have it, Isaiah um, 13, 6 through 11. And it says, How ye for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. And they shall be afraid. Pangs of sorrow, sorrow shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. 
Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Amen. I like that scripture that you you picked because of the the total darkness Mm-hmm. of the sun in fact i want to entitle this show the total eclipse of humanity Ooh, that's good that is okay. that's a book title right there mm-hmm. the total eclipse of humanity all right everyone let's go i get press releases uh what you call public announcements from a bunch of people all the time because of fifth hook media. So what they do is, um, yeah, you know, they, they do a search and they get all these media companies and stuff and they send you public service announcements so that you can announce for free on your podcast or radio or whatever. And most of the time I ignore them because they're just, you know, regular PSAs. But this one caught my attention. So I'm going to give them their PSA, but not in the way they would think. (laughs) We're going to do a Freedom Friday PSA for them. Mm -hmm. And this is from the United States Postal Service, who emailed me this press release. And I found it fascinating. Yeah. First of all, what you have to know is that on August 21st, Am I correct, Ms. Capel? Yeah. August, August 21st, 20. mm-hmm. 2017, there, there will be a total eclipse of the sun visible here in North America. And there's a map with this press release. I, in fact, I put it on our, our Facebook page, Fifth mm-hmm. Hook Media. You can see it there. There's a map, and it this, the eclipse of the sun cuts the United States in half diagonally mm-hmm. from the state of Oregon or Washington. And it goes down diagonally all the way down to, I think, Florida or, you know, the East Coast there. But And it, it, it just splits the USA in half. So we should all be able to see it if you live here in North America, the eclipse. And I believe... It starts in the mid-morning hours, so by the time it hits us, it should be probably before noon. By the time it hits the East Coast, it's going to be, um, you know, in the mid-afternoon mm-hmm. type of thing. All right, so we're going to go dark here for a while, at total eclipse of the sun. And I know, I'm surprised no one ran out and did a prediction of Christ's return on August 21st. There probably is, I haven't looked it up. But anyway, the U.S., Postal Service, United States Postal Service, put out this press release, and it's entitled Total Eclipse of the Sun to be Commemorated on a Forever Stamp. It's one stamp in two images. One stamp in two images. Yeah, it's amazing. It is. And why they call it two images on one stamp is that it's, I don't know what, I forget what they call it, but it's thermo something. Mm-hmm. And it's a on the stamp is an is a total solar eclipse, a picture of of oh, a total solar eclipse. Thermochromic ink. What is it now? Thermochromic ink. Thermochromic ink. And when a person puts their finger on it and applies heat to that image, then the image turns into the moon, mm-hmm. a picture of the moon. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's strange. I don't know why. And why would they want to do that? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a one of a kind stamp. So the Postal Service releases its first of its kind stamp. It changes when you touch it. It's the total eclipse of the sun forever stamp. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. I just think that title is creepy. Total eclipse of the sun forever. I agree. In the days we live. Oh, wow. 
It uh, commemorates the August 21st eclipse. It transforms into an image of the moon from the heat of a finger. Mm -hmm. The public is asked to share the news on social media using the hashtag blah, blah, blah. All right. So I'm reading right from their press release. I'm not making this up. They say tens of millions of people in the United States hope to view this rare event, which has not been seen on the U.S. mainland since 1979. The eclipse will travel a narrow path across the entire country for the first time since 1918. Mm. The path will run west to east from Oregon to South Carolina and will include portions of 14 states. Yeah. And it just like it cuts the United States right in half. It's amazing. Now, you're saying, okay, what does this have to do with anything? Why is this so strange? Here's the strange part of it. The June 20th, 1.30 p.m., First day of issue ceremony mm. will take place at the art museum of the University of Wyoming in Laramie, Wyoming. Okay. Well, the United States Post, post Office decides we're going to have a ceremony for this one-of-a-kind stamp. And we're going to do it June 20th, mm-hmm. 1.30 p.m. The summer, I, I um, yes, the summer solstice. Yeah. The summer solstice. This is the United States Postal Service. Now, they make no bones about the occult ritual involved in this. The university is celebrating the summer solstice on June 20th. Here's the deal, folks. Here's what they say. Prior to the event... Visitors are encouraged to arrive at 11.30 a.m. to witness a unique architectural feature where a single beam of sunlight shines on a silver dollar embedded in the floor, Mm -hmm. which occurs at noon on the summer solstice in the University of Wisconsin Art Museum's Rotunda Gallery. Yeah. Wow. Is that pregnant with a cult ritual? Yep. This is just like uh, Chitza Itza. It's what the Aztecs did, the Mayans did. It's the Georgia Guidestones where they have the architectural features. They have a little hole, you know, where that sun comes up at a certain time of the year on a solstice, winter solstice, mm-hmm. spring. Mm-hmm. And it lights up that interior of the of the gallery, and it lights up that little idol. Well, this one lights up a silver dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, in God we trust. Yep. In God we trust. That's embedded on the floor, and that's at precisely twelve o'clock on yep. Winter Solstice. Okay, why? You know what I mean? Why is the United States Postal Service? You know, choosing this this location to celebrate their commemorative uh, stamp. Exactly. Why, Miss Kapow? Why? That's a good question. That's a good question. The total eclipse of the sun forever stamps. Man, I hate that title. I know it. The total eclipse of the sun forever. They they want it to go dark forever. Is is that what they're saying? Maybe pre ordered. At United States Postal Service.com slash shop in early June for delivery following the June 20th nationwide issuance. I'm going to get me several of them and I'm going to post them all around my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. The back of the stamp pane provides a map of the August 21st eclipse path and times it may appear in some locations. Now, check this out. They say this on their press release. Visit NASA's website to view detailed maps of the eclipse's path. Mm. It's all in conjunction. Okay. Thermochromic ink, Ms. Kapow. You're the the expert on that. Well, I'm not the expert. (laughs) The stamp image is a photograph taken by astrophysicist 
Fred Espinach, a.k.a. Mr. Eclipse. Mm -hmm. And he lives in, guess where? Arizona. But the name of the town is called Portal. Portal. Portal, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, (laughs) you know, maybe I'm connecting dots that don't connect, but. It is strange. That's odd. Yeah. And the picture shows a total solar eclipse seen from Jalu, Libya, on March 29th, 2006. Mm. That probably has some significance. I don't know. And the first U.S. stamp application of thermochromic ink, the total eclipse of the sun forever stamps will reveal a second image. Using the body heat of your thumb or fingers and rubbing the eclipse image will reveal an underlying image of the moon. And Mm. this image... Mr. Eclipse also took. Yeah. And then the image reverts back to the eclipse once it cools. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, it says, uh, then it goes on and talks about what uh, the total eclipse of the sun occurs when the moon completely blocks the visible disk, casting a shadow on Earth. It's a 70-mile-wide shadow of the eclipse mm. known as the Path of Totality. <laughs> See, even that's kind of creepy. The path of totality. Are you sure it's the moon blocking the sun and not Nibiru? Mm. Could be Planet X. I don't know. Crazy. Uh, let's see, what else? It's being issued as the forever stamp. Yep. Art director Antonio Acala of Alexandra, Virginia, designed it. And uh, so... They want you to come and celebrate in Laramie, Wyoming at the summer solstice when the uh, uh, silver dollars I think dollars I got something up. to do that day. I think so, too. I think so, too. Now, do you still have to lick the stamp? I haven't done that in a long time. I always get that sticky stuff. Mm. Well, if they can make a stamp because that can change. I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd lick it. That's how they can implant the chip. Mm-hmm. No one knows it. But by licking the stamp, I don't think anybody would actually use it to mail a letter to you. This is more of a keepsake thing. I don't know. I don't know. People have done stranger things. Total Eclipse of the Sun Forever. Wow. Why where would you title that? Why? I don't know. Okay. How about zombies? Ms. Capow, you like zombies. I don't like zombies. I don't like them. <laughs> you, you married one. <laughs> You're far from a zombie. Only when I'm on the show. The rest of the time, I'm a zombie. <laughs> Zombies are dead people. I'm dead to the world. I'm, I'm dead in Christ. But in him I live. Yet not I, but he in me. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Could we soon reverse death, Ms. Capel? Well, there are certain people that think they do. They can. It's a United States company. And they're going to start trials, mm-hmm. reawaking the dead. Yeah, he, their firm is called BioQuark. <laughs> Sounds more like quack. Doesn't it? BioQuack. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Should be called BioQuack. Wow. They're going to do this. They're going to actually do these trials in Latin America in the next few months. BioQuark. They plan to test stem cell theory on brain dead patients. Wow, so they're going to go up to Washington, D.C., they're going to gather Congress and the Senate, right? Mm-hmm. And all the politicians, and then they're going to try to reanimate them? Is that what they're going to try to do? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. A, um, the method, which hasn't been tested on animals... That's good. ...will be tested in Latin America. <laughs> Maybe it's hard to find brain-dead animals. Oh, well, you know, they would actually kill them. And make them brain dead and then try to bring them back to life. That's what they would do. Mm, I don't like that. The team outlined a trial proposal last year to do it in India, but they were shut down. India shut them down. But see, that's pretty in- That's interesting. Yeah, that is. So this is going to be the first attempt to bring people back from the dead. Mm. And they want to do it this year, folks. BioQuack, as Ms. Kapow has named them, BioQuack. 
They're based in Philadelphia. They announced in late 2016 that they believe brain death is not irreversible. See, and isn't Philadelphia the Brotherhood That's right. State? And then there was a Philadelphia experiment, too. Cream cheese. <laughs> Philadelphia, okay, you got cheese. Okay, now you got me crazy. <laughs> no, I've woken up from the dead. <laughs> well, check out this guy's name. He's the CEO. His name is Ira Pastor. Wow. He probably pronounces pronounces it pastor, but I like to say pastor. So the pastor has revealed they will soon be testing an unprecedented, there it is again, that word, unprecedented stem cell method on patients in an unidentified country in Latin America, confirming the details in the next few months. Hmm. To be declared officially dead in the majority of countries you have to have to experience complete and irreversible loss of brain function or brain death. Come on, folks. That's like, what, 85% now of our mm-hmm. population? Yeah. They're walking around. They're totally brain dead. Have you been on the freeways lately? Well, that's why they've had to redefine <laughs> dead. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not still walking around doing things and bumping into the people at Walmart. It, yeah. Uh, according to Pastor... BioQuack has developed a series of injections that can reboot the brain, and they plan to try it out on humans this year. Oh, dear Lord. And they have no plans to test on animals, Ms. Capel, so they're good, mm. right? You, they're good. I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, who wants to bring back a, a, an animal when you can bring back a, a guy? Mm-hmm. Now, the inaugural stage of the trial will likely follow the plans laid out last year for a trial in India, which was thwarted. Initially, Pastor and his collaborator... Himansu Banzal, I don't make that up, is an orthopedic surgeon. Hmm. What is an orthopedic surgeon having? Anything I don't to know. Do it almost seems like since if they are really going to bypass testing on animals first and do it on humans, it almost seems like there's uh, an urgency yeah, for this. It does, huh? Because mm-hmm. India shut them down. They they know they can't do it here. Their time is short. Just they're going to go to Mexico or Latin America. Well, days are uh, days after announcing their ambitions. The plan was blocked in India by the Indian Council of Medical Research, and they told the duo to take their trials elsewhere. What does that mm-hmm. tell you? Mm-hmm. The study uh, gave wider public an idea as to how they plan to approach the trials. Now, this is the first stage of what they're going to do. They call it first in human neuro regeneration and neuro reanimation. Could be first inhumane neuroregeneration, right? <laughs> could be. You're right. It could be. Because this is weird. Yeah. They plan to examine individuals aged 15 through 65 declared brain dead from a traumatic brain injury using MRI scans in order to look for possible signs of brain death reversal. Now, let me stop there. Can you imagine you're just some schmuck? who decided to be a good guy and you put on your driver's license. When I die, donate my body to science. Yeah. Hello. My cadaver to science because I'm dead. I'm gone. I'm a good guy. Um, whatever. So you, you have that, you know, on your card. Then you die from whatever. Maybe you die a horrible death of, you know, some debilitating disease. And then all of a sudden, you got the reanimator guys reanimating you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And they're trying to bring you back into that body with a bunch of other things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that can't happen. But it's crazy. So while the team said they plan to examine individuals, right, first, that had uh, brain trauma. And then... They were going to harvest stem cells from the patient's own blood and inject this back into the body. Next, the patient would receive a dose of peptides injected into their spinal cord. Finally, they would undergo a 15-day course of nerve stimulation. I wonder why just 15 days. And that would involve lasers and, and median nerve stimulation to try and bring about the reversal of brain death while monitoring the patients using MRI scans. I mean, that's horrible because this person, I mean, if they did succeed in this, 
this person's going to die again anyway. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they died from, like a disease or something, it's still there. I mean, come on. Yeah. Wow. Or what if you bring them back to life and they go, ah, it didn't work. And then, but yeah, they are alive. And then you, you bury them again mm-hmm. alive. Oh, oh I mean, horrible. come on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm making a sci-fi movie up here, but that's what it sounds like. Well, what's bad is that these people really don't have any, um, con- you know, they, they have no right. They, they can't say anything. They can't consent or no. non-consent this stuff. No, they're dead. So especially if they donated their body to, to science or medical mm-hmm. research, which I'm sure this is where they're going to get the cadavers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a family doesn't have any say so in it because this person is when they were alive is, has yeah. donated their cadaver. Wow, dude. Wow. Yeah, you can see some legal ramifications here. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, um, the bio-quack trials are part of a broader project called Reanima. Uh, see? <laughs> and Pastor is on the advisory board of Reanima. Hmm. According to the website, the project is exploring the potential of cutting-edge biomedical technology for human neuro regeneration and neuro reanimation. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Pastor said the mission of Reanima Project is to focus on clinical research in the state of brain death or irreversible coma in subjects who have recently met the Uniform Determination of Death Act criteria, but who are still on cardiopulmonary or tropic, trophic trophic. support. Mm-hmm. A classification in many countries around the world known as a living cadaver. Yeah. <laughs> oh. no. So in other words, they're still on like a life support system. Is right. that what that means? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's another good reason to, to, to Pull do the plug. a, yeah, to do uh what do you call it? Um, yeah, I know. We signed one of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you, you, you die, you, you pull the plug. Don't, don't keep me up. Don't, I don't want to be a, a, a shivo. Mm-mm. Yeah. You don't want to be a vegetable. Come on. My goodness. Wow. That's even worse. You know what the thing is then? So if these people aren't, the plug hasn't been pulled on them, but they're brain dead, right? Mm -hmm. That means the families are still involved in this. So it's like giving the families hope that they're going to bring these loved ones back, reanimate them. Jeez. My goodness. I know. That's what I'm saying. There's going to be some... You know, legal ramifications for all oh, this stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's especially that's really when the 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 person that's being reanimated is suffering after that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, just because you bring them back to life doesn't mean they're not gonna they're gonna function properly, mm-hmm. even mentally. You know, and then if there's not an election year and they can't get elected into Washington, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Drug deaths in America are rising faster than ever before in history. Like Ms. Kapow said before, when you start from 1980 to 2016, this graph virtually goes straight up. Mm-hmm. Straight up. It passed peak gun deaths in 1993. It passed peak HIV deaths in 1995. It passed peak car crash deaths in 1972. Drugs are killing more people than anything else. Yep. Anything else. So now, even why would they, wouldn't you think that they would put a lot more emphasis on getting rid of drugs than they would on guns? You would think because the drugs are killing people a whole lot more than guns are. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. You would think in a logical world. But I, I don't I don't trust that these drugs are coming from drug no, it's dealers. it's on purpose. Yeah, I, I honestly think it is. Well, it's you that... go to the doctor, the first thing they want to do, they don't even examine you anymore. Mm-mm. And this was years ago from personal experience. They just give you medication. Yeah, this is what you need. Take this, prescribe. They did the same thing with me. Mm, exactly. I came back, so I can't take this stuff. I go, I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I remember he looked at me like I was crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, how could you not like the way it makes you feel? That's the whole idea is that you're stoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my doctor was angry at me. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because you didn't want to take... Those medi- medications. Yeah. Some mood altering. Mood elevators or something. Yeah. I don't like the way so. it makes me feel. 
It's like this marijuana crap. You know, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but this medical marijuana stuff, man, that is not... That is not regular plant stuff that's been hybrid. I'm telling you, there's something, there's a whole lot more sinister. Oh, definitely. Good night. It's something that that you're going to be um, addicted to. Yeah. And, and God only knows what they put in that stuff. Yeah. That's going to alter your um, chemical makeup inside. I'm telling you what, at the very least, at the very least, the, the plant seeds are genetically modified. At the very least, these aren't plants that are just hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. These are different. At the very least, the seeds are genetically modified. I think at the the higher levels, there's actually magic and witchcraft and spell binding on on the the chemicals themselves. I really believe that Um, because it's taken over people like crazy. And in July... Uh, this coming July here in Nevada, uh, recreational marijuana will now become legal. So that's going to be a real hoot uh, when that comes here in uh, Las Vegas and in the Mesquite area. That's going to be really a trip uh, because people are already zombies, and this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this is from Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Drug overdose deaths in 2016 most likely exceeded 59,000. Wow. Dude, that's just in one state. It's the largest annual jump ever recorded in the United States. The death count is the latest latest consequence of an escalating public health crisis, which is opioid addiction. And it's now made more deadly by an influx of illegal manufactured Fentanyl and similar mm. drugs. This is scary stuff. Fentanyl and its associates are, are very, very scary. Yeah. Uh-huh. Drug overdoses are now the leading cause of death among Americans under 50. Wow. 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 wow that's, that's... that's incredible. Mm. The leading cause of death of Americans under 50? Yeah. Although the data is preliminary, the Times, that's the New York Times, best estimate that deaths rose 19% Mm. um, over the 52,000 recorded in 2015. Wow. And all evidence suggests the problem has continued to worsen in 2017. Uh, And the reason why is they say drug deaths take a long time to certify. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are not able to calculate the final numbers until December and blah, 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 blah. So that's how they're getting their accounting and all this stuff. Uh, but it says the initial data points to large increases in drug overdose deaths in states along the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I found this interesting because they're saying that East Coast, particularly Maryland, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Maine, and, and in Ohio, which filed a lawsuit last week, by the way, uh, of accusing five drug companies of abetting the opiate epidemic. Mm, I believe um, We've the, seen a lot of videos like that, too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Years ago. Absolutely. But what I, found, what I found interesting as I read this article, that it was the deaths and the rise of opiate use and the deaths from them were were higher in the East Coast than they were in the West Coast. And they're contributing that fact that in the West Coast, heroin addicts and drug users are still using tar heroin from Mexico. Mm. And who would have known that tar heroin, using tar heroin, would save your life rather than using a powdered form? The people that are using the powdered forms of heroin are dying because it's cut or laced with uh, fentanyl mm-hmm. or its derivatives. Whereas tar heroin, when I mean tar heroin, if you're not familiar with that, it, it, they call it that because it's black and tarry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's put in a spoon, heated up, and it liquefies. And you, you put your cotton and your syringe in it you know, for a filter, and you suck it up and put yeah, it in your so vein. Yeah, that's processed, right? Yeah. And it comes from Mexico. So that's what makes me very suspicious that this heroin that's killing people is coming from probably the United States government. Oh, yeah. Probably from the CIA. And they're funding something, some black ops. 
But regardless, I, it's it's interesting. I mean, who would have ever thought? Yeah, because I'm addicted to heroin and I use tar heroin. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Scary stuff here. Yeah. So Akron, Ohio, is typical of Rust Belt decay mm-hmm. uh, as far as declining jobs and just a declining yeah. situation. Um, factories are gone. So there's a lot of drug, drug use and stuff like that. In 2016, Summit County had 312 drug deaths. That's in, in Ohio. The county medical examiner said 46% increase from 2015. That's a lot. And more than triple the 99 cases that went through the medical examiner's office just two years before. Wow. That's huge. There were so many last year that he said that on three separate occasions, the county had to request refrigerated trailers to store the bodies because they'd run out of space in the morgue. Wow. People are dying from this stuff. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And it goes on um, that in Monterey County, home to Dayton, of the 100 drug overdose deaths recorded in January and February, only three people tested positive for heroin. Only three. Mm. 99 people tested positive for fentanyl or its analogs. Wow. <laughs> oh, what does man. that tell you? <clears throat> yeah, it tells you that fentanyl or its analogs are killing people. Mm-hmm. And it says fentanyl isn't new, but over the last three years, it's been popping up. And drug seizures all over the country. Why is that? It's not the Mexicans bringing it over. They're using tar heroin. It's not the Mexicans. It's not the Asians. It's not China white. This is this is made here. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's sold on the street as heroin, or drug traffickers use it to make cheap counterfeit prescription opioids. Right. Fentanyls are showing up in cocaine as well. So it's like a speedball. Can you imagine that? Mm. Contributing to an increase in cocaine-related deaths. So people think they're just doing cocaine, but it's got this fentanyl in it. See? So it'd be like a speedball. You know, you, you don't know if to go up or down and your heart explodes. Mm. The most deadly of the fentanyl analogs, folks, this is amazing. It's called carfentanil. Mm. Carfentanil. It's an elephant tranquilizer. <laughs> and it's... 5,000 times, let me say that again, 5,000 times stronger than heroin. Wow. An amount smaller than a few grains of salt could be a lethal dose. Wow. Wow. And I think, now this article didn't say that, but I think all you have to do is breathe it in or get it on your skin and it could kill you. It's that It's that lethal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On July 5th, 2016, that's the day carfentanil, the elephant tranquilizer, 5,000 times stronger than heroin, hit the streets of Akron. And that's by Captain Michael Schur. He's the commander of the narcotics unit for the Akron Police Department. And I would imagine this man does know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He said on that day, 17 people overdosed and one person died in a span of nine hours. Over the next six months, the county medical examiner recorded 140 overdose deaths of people testing positive for carfentanil. Just three years earlier, there were fewer than 100 drug overdose deaths of any kind for the entire year. Mm. So he, he marks that date, July 5th, 2016, is the day it hit the streets. Wow. My gosh. Good Lord in heaven. The day after uh, the 4th of July. Good Lord, yes. Isn't that something? I It's just smacks of government CIA. It, it mm-hmm. smacks of black ops raising money to fight wars. Mm, man. So, uh, <laughs> bad, bad, bad stuff. Bad, bad stuff. Bad, bad, bad stuff. All right. Let's take a short break, and we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about Hillary's, uh, Hillary's pastor. And and how Hillary is praying every day. She's such a good Christian. What is she? She's a Methodist, right? Methodist. Yep. Oh yeah, she's such a good Methodist. We're gonna be right back. <laughs> 
You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Kapow is sponsored by Fifth Media, a digital publisher of ebooks. FifthHookMedia.com has a selection of ebooks about spiritual warfare and Christian living. Visit FifthHookMedia.com. That's F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K Media.com. Remember, that's FifthHookMedia.com. F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K. Kapow! What's up, yo? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm done, yo. Demons in My Marriage Bed from all online digital retailers, such as Amazon.com, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. Please do not be fooled that such things cannot happen to you. Rather, get prepared and become the spiritual warrior needed to overcome in these perilous times in which we all live. We're back. You know, I never get tired of, of the little Kapow man screaming. Do you, Miss Kapow? Not at all. I never get tired of that. He's like a little superhuman, man. He's mm-hmm. like a little superman. Bringing kingdoms against powers of wickedness. Flying through the air and whatnot. Amen. I love that guy. Okay, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Everybody remember who Hillary was? <laughs> this is an exclusive from Daily Bail. It's it says, are you there, God? It's me, Hillary. <laughs> Clinton is praying every day after her defeat by Trumpster. Reveals pastor who sends her special prayers about being strong. That's a pastor. That's a pastor for you. Oh, yeah. He has no other motive. Then. No, there's yeah. no financial gain or there's no... Um, you know, there's no uh, networking to be done that uh, you're associated with the Hill Dog or whatever. No, he's just a good guy. Hillary Clinton's pastor, the Reverend Bill Shalady. <laughs> Isn't that something? You couldn't have picked a better name. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm very, I'm Shady Shalady. Mm-hmm. Well, he tells DailyMail.com he sends daily prayers to defeated Democratic candidate about being strong. He said that Clinton has been finding strength and hope in her Methodist faith. Remember, not faith in God. No. The, the Methodist faith. As she tries to understand what went wrong. <laughs> God, what went wrong? <laughs> I thought I had the world. <laughs> Reverend Shalady, the shady, sent Clinton a daily devotional throughout her presidential campaign and needed team of writers to put them together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How many did you send her a day, Pastor? I know you needed a team of writers to put them together. You gotta think fast. They were first thing she read each morning. Yeah, right. And the pastor wrote them based on the headlines of the day. Wow, that's a good way to interpret. It's a good way. Okay. Mm. So Hillary Clinton has been reading daily devotionals since losing the election, and these devotionals teach her about being strong in the midst of unpredictability. Oh. Yeah. The Reverend Bill Shalady the Shady said the former Democratic presidential candidate's prayers have been about encouragement as she grapples with her shock defeat to Donald Trumpster. He said that Clinton has been finding strength and hope in her Methodist faith. Clinton has only touched briefly on the personal impact her defeat has had on her, making Reverend Shalady's ladies disclosure a significant insight into her state of mind. Oh, She's nuts. So is he. It, it is a picture of him. This is on our Facebook page, too. Yeah, he looks like a leprechaun. He looks like a leprechaun, but he also looks like a used car salesman. Yeah. You uh-huh. Would you buy anything from this guy? No. Anything. Uh-uh. If this guy came to your house to give you an estimate on cabinets or a no. patio, would you? Tr- oh, my Lord. No. Uh-uh. He looks like he's reanimated from the dead. He really does. Mm-hmm. Okay, she has not mentioned the importance of her faith in overcoming the defeat, but did say during her commencement speech at Wesley College, or like they spell it, Will Leslie, (laughs) that she had taken long walks, reorganized her closets, and joked, I won't lie, Chardonnay helped a little too. (laughs) I'm like a good Methodist. Reverend Shady Shalady said that Clinton reads her scripture and prays each and every day, and that was helping her to get through the darker days. Reverend Shady Shalady has known the Clintons for more than a decade. 
and he helped officiate at the wedding. He helped officiate at the wedding of their daughter, Chelsea. He also led the memorial service for Clinton's mother, Dorothy Rodham, in 2011, mm-hmm. who allegedly Clinton killed for the election. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what I heard. Speaking to DailyMail.com, the Methodist minister from New York said that he began sending daily devotions in Easter 2015 when she told him she was running for the presidency. They were the first thing she read each morning, and they gave her inspiration for the day. Mm-hmm. He said, Secretary Clinton found strength from these devotionals that I sent to her each day at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's my Irish accent, because I think Shalady is Irish. <laughs> Sounds Irish. Yeah. My team of writers and I used passages of scripture, a reflection on that passage, and a prayer to support her depending on the events that were taking place. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Reverend Shady Shalady said that Clinton cares about people. And she lives out her faith in her constant compassion and caring for the least, the last, and the lost. Well, tell them to that, the Benghazi people. Ooh, wow. That was right? a good one. Showing. Uh, wow. That kind of disproved his whole sentence there, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Ooh, that's hot. Ooh. He said that he spoke to her a few days after election night, and she encourages him to publish all the devotionals because they gave her strength in the midst of the lost. So, recently he's been giving her devotionals about encouragement, being strong in the midst. I'm sure there's a book in, in coming up. Oh, you know I'm it. Sure. You can see this. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, I guess uh, for a per- person like Hillary, who's a, a person of faith, it's it's important for her to rise each morning and to pray and meditate and do some spiritual thinking. She says, you know, oh, and here it is, Shabing. Here, here it is, folks. Here's the money shot. You ready for the money shot? Mm-hmm. Some three hundred sixty-five of the six hundred devotionals will be released in a full book called "Strong for a Moment Like This." The Daily Devotionals of Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, brother. That's the title. Which is out in August and being published by Abidon Press. <laughs> Not Abaddon, but Abidon. It's close, though. But it's close. Oh. It's close to Abaddon Press. Oh, my God. The title, folks, you might want to write this down because when it comes out, maybe you can pre-order it. Strong for a moment like this, the daily devotionals of Hillary Rodham Clinton. We'll have it available on Fifth Hook Media. <laughs> you know what? I think we will. I think we should be able Just to sell kidding. it. And maybe we could read a devotional every day. Oh, and maybe we could grow strong in this troubled times that we live in. They're going to be organized into 12 themes, such as, check this out, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, she encourages forgiveness. Oh, of course. Constantly. Yeah. Uh, the second theme is doing good. As you could tell, like you mentioned Benghazi and, you know, mm-hmm. Clinton Gate and, you know, all that stuff. All the people that die doing good. Uh, courage. Yeah, she's got a lot of courage, mm-hmm. especially when she fell, like getting into that van. Mm-hmm. And then her doppelganger came out and said, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay, like an hour later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was courageous to try to pull that one off. Oh, and here's the other thing, Miss Kapow. This is for you. Women. <laughs> women. Now, what if he's going to have pictures of hot women in there? Hot chicks. I don't know. How are the men going to read it? How are the men going to like it? They will show how much Miss uh, Mrs. Clinton has ins- was inspired to use their lessons in her speeches. Like in January 2016 interview with BuzzFeed in which she talked about love and kindness. Oh, for the love of pizza. Oh, this guy. This guy's insane. Gag me. Yeah. This, this guy needs to be kicked in the uh, scrotum. Clinton also talked about how she was motivated to run for the presidency because she wanted to inspire people to treat one another in a better fashion. Benghazi. <laughs> Reverend uh, Shady Shalady had earlier sent her a daily devotional about the love commands, which talks about this very issue and quotes John fifteen twelve. One passage reads, love each other just as I have loved you. Well, Clinton was raised a Methodist in Park Ridge, Illinois, where her mother taught Sunday school and raised money for charity, inspiring her daughter's interest in social justice. Oh, wow. And Reverend Shady Shalady, the executive director of the United Methodist City Society in New York, said that with Clinton, religion has always been the foundation of her moral compass. Wow. 
wow, is she be a liar? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. And that's her moral compass. Wow. Uh, she said she finds strength and hope in the power of new life that her faith offers for her each and every day. Oh, for the love of Jesus. Yeah, you a, see how annoying that is? It's yeah. like, gag me. Gag me. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm Move sure she's praying. Out. I'm sure she's praying, but it ain't to uh, the same God. No. You and I know. Kapow listeners. Because Hillary Rodden Clinton is, well, how do I say it lightly? A freak. <laughs> Last story. Woman. She's 82 years old. She's very bad. She's a very bad woman from Texas. People from Texas like to fight. I bet she had a cowboy hat on, too. Cowboy boots. <laughs> she probably had, rode a horse into the airport. And spurs. And spurs. This mean, nasty old lady, 82 years old. She was arrested after she scuffled with these poor TSA officer at the Wichita airport. This poor guy. What, what was he? Maybe 20, 30 years old, if that. She well, was he just, wasn't 82, I'll tell you that. No, he wasn't 82. And she was just whooping on him. She's so bad. Uh, an 82-year-old lady, she was arrested and booked into the Sedgwick County Jail this week after she allegedly struck a TSA officer. They're not even officers. Let me get, let me get something straight. These people are not officers. They're, they're, like, they're not even security guards. No, they're not. They're just, they're, I don't know what the heck they are, but they are not officers, and that just ticks me off. <sighs> anyway. Ugh. I hated it when they first came out. I said, how in the world do does how in the world does this get around our Fourth Amendment rights in the Constitution against unreasonable search and seizure by by the government? How in the world does does this get around that? It's incredible. Absolutely unbelievable. Stupid airlines. And then people fly all over the place. I know. I know I know some people have to because they work and stuff, but I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I just in my world, I just wish we would all band together and just put them all out of business mm-hmm. and made a and it made you know what made it reasonable. Yeah, and Maybe. then we as taxpayers have to bail them out. Yeah, we have I to think bail it happened out. before. Uh, don't get me going. Anyway, this this mean old lady. She uh, she was arrested after she allegedly struck a TSA guy who tried to confiscate an oversized bottle of liquid from a carry-on bag that she had planned to take on a flight. The woman who lives in Texas, she was in Wichita with her elderly husband for a reunion. So her husband, he's probably a badass too. Probably had cowboy boots and cowboy hat, spit and and chew, spurs. Uh, They were scheduled to return home early Wednesday, uh, said the Sedgwick County District Attorney. Oh, now we have attorneys involved. Uh Uh-oh, somebody be in trouble. But airport police detained her after she got upset when a TSA officer manning a security checkpoint told her she couldn't go through with that bottle. You know why? You know why, Miss Kapow? She couldn't go through with the bottle? Mm. Did it have an explosive? Yes or no? No. Did it have a machine gun? No. Did it have um, fentanyl? No. You know why she could not take the bottle? Through the checkpoint. Why? Because it exceeded the 3.4 ounce size limitation. Ooh. And I have authority because I'm a security guard with federal powers. Yeah, and they always pick, you know, like little old ladies, pregnant women, you know, that carry on breast milk. Yeah. Her bottle exceeded the 3.4 ounce size limitation. Now, the article doesn't say how big her bottle was. Maybe her bottle was two, you know, I don't know, two gallons. I don't know. The scuffle happened at 5.12 a.m. Wednesday. That's early. The woman spent nearly two hours in the brig. They threw her in jail. And she was photographed and fingerprinted. <laughs> they, they booked her. Yep, they did. Bennett said after learning of her arrest. Now, this is... Um, I don't know who Bennett is. Bennett said after learning of her arrest from the airline, the couple was set to fly with. His office authorized her immediate release without bond. I think that's the DA, dude. I think Bennett, yeah, I think Bennett is. 
Yeah, that's the um, Sedgwick County District, District Attorney. Attorney. Yeah. <laughs> so he got on the phone and he goes, "Listen, uh, you stupid morons! Mm-hmm. You better dust her off, uncuff her, let her go, give her a meal, and pray to God that Johnny Cochran is still dead and not reanimated, mm-hmm. because she is going to own you." Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. My Lord. These people are stupid, though. The yeah. TSAs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So he, he calls him up and he says, uh, hey, <laughs> you better let him go. He says, no bond, nothing. And then it says she was very shaken. This is what Bennett says. She was very shaken, embarrassed. And I think the simplest description would be overwhelmed by the time we got to her. Mm. So the district attorney says, I don't want nothing to do with this. I... I'm going to do everything in my power to, to rectify the situation uh, because I, I have a job, a career. He says she was clearly having a hard time handling the stress of the situation. Yeah. Need I remind everyone she's 82? 82. Good night over stupid water bottle. A water bottle. Law enforcement and TSA reports say the woman became angry and verbally abusive after being told several times that the bottle would would be permitted aboard the plane only in checked baggage. She walked around an x-ray screening belt into the TSA work area and hit the officer's, quote, right arm with a closed fist, end of oh, quote. Oh, and he was bruised by that. It, his arm almost came off. An 82-year-old <laughs> lady from Texas. <laughs> I'm just funning. I know. Hit this big, badass TSA agent in the arm with a closed fist. TSA matters. Because I know how that is. You know, I mean, when they say, okay, you can go and have it checked in the luggage, that would mean that she would have to get out of line Mm -hmm. and go to the the luggage place Mm -hmm. and have it put in back. It's just so complicated that she would have missed her flight. She's just going to throw away the bottle. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they want you to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they they can get it afterwards and And use it. Take it home and suck on it. Yeah. Yeah. The TSA uh, moron found the bottle during a routine search of the bag after it triggered an alarm. This was uh, spokeshole Carrie Harmon. She said this in an email response to questions. Mm. It contained a liquid hand product. Oh, my Lord, a liquid hand product. Say no. She says, quote, when the screener told her that they were going to throw it away, she swiped at him. Making physical contact. Ijole, the nerve of this woman. Mm-mm. An airport police officer who saw the commotion intervened and removed the passenger from the checkpoint. Okay, fair enough. Airport police authorized the woman's arrest. So the airport police didn't arrest her. They authorized the arrest by TSA, who probably did a citizen's arrest on her. And they locked her up mm-hmm. instead of just citing her out. You know, write her a ticket, sign her out. The woman was subsequently booked into the Sedgwick County Jail on suspicion of committing a misdemeanor battery at 8.13 a.m. Wednesday, said the DA. She was released at 10.55 a.m., so she was in there almost three hours. The TSA officer, oh, here we go. He's a 37-year-old man. A man, 37-year-old. Really? You're a man, and you arrest an 82-year-old lady? You know what this is? This is contempt of TSA security guard is what this is. Oh, and look at this. He had no visible injuries. And she is only five feet, two inches and weighs approximately 120 pounds. And she slugged him in the arm. (laughs) Five feet, two and 120 pounds, 82 years old with a bottle of hand lotion. Dear Lord. With her elderly husband there and another couple. Insanity. I mean, this is an insane world. It's upside down. This is absolutely the end of civilization. I mean, I, this should not even be a story. It was immediately unclear Thursday whether the city will charge the woman. Go ahead. Try. Yeah. Go ahead. Try. I, don't I think would so. hope you did. Really? Because, um, yeah. Yeah. You're going to make some some couple from Texas. Yeah, but the city attorney's office going down there or whatever, and they're oh, kissing yeah. her 
her butt. Derriere? Yeah. I don't They're think dusting so. her off. They don't want nothing to do with this. Um, the city is the only prosecutorial authority with a possible case at this point, Bennett said. In other words, mm-hmm. the DA's office, from they work at the county. The district attorney is the county, said... Uh, I, I I don't want anything to do with this. He's Pontius Pilate right now. Yeah, he's, I, I don't want it. So the only <laughs> only one who could do it is the city attorney. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna do it for some thirty-seven-year-old TSA loser who got hit in the arm. The woman could not be reached for comment on Thursday. A spokeshole for the airport uh, referred questions about the case to the TSA. No one wants anything to do with this. Mm. Airport police did not. Oh, airport police didn't return phone calls either. either. Mm. Nope, nope. Bennett said that after the airline called about the woman's arrest, his staff picked her up from the jail. Can you imagine that? The DA sent staff to pick her up from the jail. They took her back to his office, gave her something to eat and some coffee to warm her up. See, and they wouldn't do it out of their kindness of their heart. They're trying to. They're trying to say we did everything in our power. To, to, to yeah. help this poor lady who's going to, well, she's probably well, going to get sir. a new house out of yeah. it. She was reunited with her husband when he arrived at the courthouse a short time later. The airline, check this out, drove the couple back to the airport. The airline did and got them on the next flight back home. Wow. <laughs> oh, good night. Oh, the stupidity of some of these people in oh, uniform definitely. with a badge. And it just, oh my Lord, what a goof. What a goof. And with that, I've got to say goodnight. You going to say anything, Mr. Pound? Ciao, baby. Ciao, baby.